Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my passion, my obsession in life to teach you how to be a more productive version of yourself. And one of the ways I do that is by inviting you to sign up for my free seven-day productivity challenge. Just give me two minutes a day for a week, and I will teach you simple, easily implementable ideas on how you can become more productive. Hop on the seven-day productivity challenge today by going to my website, mrproductivity.com. Remember, Mr. is all spelled out, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Today, my guest is Lyle Tard. He is a retired U.S. Air Force member and is the founder, CEO of Impact Servant Leadership. His leadership mantra is servant leadership, and he wants to help create significance in the lives of others. This is a super value-packed, fast-paced episode, so let's get right to it. Lyle, welcome to the podcast. Mark, it is such an honor to be on your show, my brother. Thanks for having me. Well, before we get started, I do have to thank you for your service to our country. It's been my honor to serve. It's been a lot of fun, but you know, it was time to do something different. So uh, glad to be in this new space that I'm in now. Now, I always appreciate people who serve this country in our military. There's a lot of people who bloviate, they complain about our leadership, Democrat, Republican, independent, whatever the case may be. But there's people like you who actually fight for our freedom. And I think you are unsung heroes. A lot of people, sadly, in this day and age, don't recognize the sacrifices you made, not only to yourself, but also to your family. So I really appreciate that. Hey, Mark, thanks a lot. You know what? I was just having a recent conversation with some folks and I talked to them about the difference between choosing to do stuff and having to do stuff. One of the reasons why people salute the military so much is because the military members choose to have to do something. And of course, nobody wants to have to do something. But when you choose to have to do stuff, yeah, you probably should kind of give it up for those folks. And, and so I do that even for our first responders. I see a first responder where I go to the store or I go to the movie theater. I'll tell them thank you for their service because they are choosing to have to do some stuff that most of us would never choose to do. So, uh, yeah, kudos to those guys as well. Yeah, it's a very, very valid point, you know, choosing to do and having to do. About a week ago, my wife and I decided to join Robin Sharma's The 5 a.m. Club, which we're going to get into because you're a member of it as well. And, you know, one thing I told my wife when I said, we're going to do this, and she said, I'll do it with you. um, I said, okay, let's not complain because we don't have to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. We're choosing to get up at five o'clock in the morning. So I think what you said about choosing versus having to do really important. So for those who have not heard my other two short podcasts about why I joined the 5 a.m. club and the lessons I learned, why don't you tell us really quickly what the 5 a.m. club is all about and most importantly, why you decided to join it? Wow. I, I, you know what? To be honest, being in the military, it's just better just to get up super early so that way you can get a lot of stuff done. When you get up at 8, 9 a.m. and then try to go and run the rat race, you've got so many voices. you got so many people that are trying to get your attention to do so many different things. Listen, no one is trying to get your attention at 5 a.m. You can (laughs) believe that. No one wants, because so many people need their cup of coffee. I'm not a coffee drinker. Trust me, ladies and gentlemen, listening to this podcast, I am like this at 4.30. I get up, 
eyes wide open. I'm ready to go. And even in the military, it's not about the military. It is just kind of my DNA, who I am. And so when I get up 435 o'clock, guess what? I've got two, three uninterrupted hours just to get stuff done. And I've got an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old. They're not bothering me at 5 a.m. There's the only time of the day, Mark, that they're not up a creek <laughs> with me. It's at 5 a.m. My wife, she's sleeping in. I mean, she's probably getting up around 6.30, but she's definitely not up at five. So I'm not having her ask me for stuff. That's the time that I can just fire through whatever I need to get done And so at the time that everybody else is away, guess what? I don't have a bunch of things on my to-do list to continue to do because I can continue to focus now on those people, focus on relationships, focus on conversations, focus on actually being empathetic with people. One of the things that really stops people from being as empathetic as they possibly can is that to-do list that they've got going on in the back of their mind that they're thinking about like, oh, okay, I've got a nine- 30 coming up. I can't be talking to you at the water cooler for too long because I got to get out of here. No, I don't have that problem because I've done all that stuff at 5 a.m. So it's allowed me to connect deeper with people. And uh, I love it. I, I, I'll continue to do it now that I'm after the mil- out of the military. I think that a lot of people assume that it's because of the military. I'm going to tell you guys right now, no one in the military wants to be up at 5 a.m. None of them do. But those of us who take advantage of it, we really see the benefit. I think it's funny when you said that you are this happy all the time. And I, I, I say all the time in my podcast and on social media, I am this annoyingly optimistic and happy every day. And people ask me why. And I'm like, well, I woke up this morning. You know, I have there two arms go. and two legs. I, I live in America. I, I have a brain. I can read. And so many people are always striving for, well, I'll be happy when. No, you won't. If you're not happy right now, I don't care if you're going through a horrific uh, diagnosis of cancer, you lost your loved one. Yes, I know those are part of life and those are hard to deal with, but you've got to be happy. You've got to have that spirit of thankfulness and love and kindness all the time. You can't be waiting until you have kids or when the kids move out of the house or when they get a job, or when you get married, when you get divorced. You've got to be happy now. And I, and I think a lot of people are waiting for that mistake mysterious thing to come into the life. And at that point, they'll be happy, but it's just a facade. Mark, I'm really wondering where in the world do those people read that stuff? Like who is giving that information out? Like, hey man, listen, I promise you, when you have a wife and two kids with the picket fence outside, you will be happy. Who wrote that book? <laughs> because you know what I want to do to them? I want to take them around the backside of the blast fence. <laughs> and I want to, because that's just a farce. I've got the two kids, okay? And I've got the wife. We've been married 15 years as of the date of this podcast recording. And man, my life is cool, but I'm going to tell you, be honest. My life was cool before them. Okay, (laughs) It's just been enhanced a little more as these people have come into my life and being connected. I have more reason to be happy. It's just like what you're talking about. Hey, I've got two arms, two legs. And I can also now add, I have a phenomenal relationship. I've got two adoring kids who, by the way, I do not deserve these kids. A lot of people out there, Mark, and I assure you, I know that you've met these individuals. There are a lot of people out there that say, you know, the kids are like the joy of your life and all that stuff. And, and that's really cool. And they also say that if you were a rotten apple as a, as a kid yourself, you're going to get that back in spades. Well, that cycle is completely broken with me because I was a terror 
growing up. <laughs> oh, I, I was a absolute horrible person growing up, and my kids are beauties. And I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. Everybody's like, "Oh, you know, don't say that, Lyle. You know, it's gonna curse it." No, I've been waiting for the shoe to drop since the day these kids were born. <laughs> I've been absolutely waiting on it, and you know what? They're fantastic. And it's a lot to do with my wife. It's not me. My wife is fantastic. She trains them up. She does. And, and when she needs me to, I step in whenever I have to. I'm the bad guy. She's the good guy. It's planned. But good cop, bad cop. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm always the bad cop because she spends most of the time with them. And so I want them to have enjoyable lives. If she's going to spend 70% of the time with the kids, then the 30% that they spend with me, well, I, I need them to enjoy most of their life as kids. And so I'm telling her like, hey, listen, I need you to not be the one bringing down the hammer all the time. Call me in for that. Call in special forces for the <laughs> hammer. I will do that. I'll be the bad guy. So that way, when they have problems, they have someone that they can run to. They want to run to mom. They want to run to the person that knows. They, I mean, they know I love them. But still, I mean, and the cool thing is, is she is continually to affirming me. She's continually saying, hey, daddy loves you. And these are the reasons why. This is what dad does for us, blah, blah, blah. But then when trouble comes, I come in and I, you know, hit that thing up. But the reason why I'm saying all that is because people who think that they have to attain something to be able to then be happy or to live a good life. No, good and happy is subjective in 2020 and beyond. Absolutely. We create what that is. So if you're willing to be strong enough internally have the enough intrinsic motivation to create that definition for your life, you can decide what's good. And then you have only yourself to blame later when your life is not good because you're the one that created that definition. Don't allow society to dictate who you are. As a matter of fact, I heard somebody say yesterday, this whole weekend, as a matter of fact, don't allow your enemies to define who you are. Simply put, don't allow people who are not for you, who don't know you, who don't know your life, don't know what your goals are, don't know what your aspirations are, don't know where you're headed in life and what you've been through. Don't let them say what's going to be phenomenal for you. You can determine that right now. Getting up in the morning is a way to determine that your life is good. That's a reason to have joy and 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 love life. That's a reason why. And if you determine that, and if you have the intentional fortitude to do it, you need to do it. So that way you can enjoy your life. And people like you and I, Mark, I, I don't know how we got lucky enough to be able to make those decisions on our own, but I'm so glad you, I'm coming to Houston, brother. <laughs> we are hanging. <laughs> I know I told you that before, but I'm serious. Now it's recorded so the whole world can hear it. Social <laughs> accountability, nothing like it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Well, I want to, you know, if, if people are not familiar, there's a character in the Bible named Paul, and he writes that you have to be content with what you have, okay? Be content with what you have. Be content with what the situation is dal is doling out for you. I know people, and you probably read about them too, Lyle, that, you know, they, they make billions and trillions of dollars, and they're not happy. And we know people who are really poor who are happy. So I believe that money and things are just a magnifier. If you are a sourpuss and angry and unhappy when you make a dollar a month, if you make a dollar a second, you're still going to be a sourpuss and you're still going to be angry. So it's not the 
the the the good things or the, the blessings, if you will, they're going to make you happy. You have to decide in yourself, in your in your heart, in your in your soul, in your mind. This situation I'm in, no matter what's going on, I'm going to find a way to be happy, and then I'll be ha- find a way to be happy in the next situation, in the next situation. Too many people are not content with what they have right now. If I can tell a really quick story, and and I say really quick, I love talking, so uh, this may not be as quick as I <laughs> wanted to be. Just full disclosure, but I wrote a I wrote an ebook, and I'm not trying to promote myself. I wrote an ebook, and here's the reason why. I heard this podcast of this woman who is a nonprofit owner, and this nonprofit is phenomenal. You know, she is out there you know, helping women in human trafficking. She's out there making sure that women are not infested with drugs and they have purpose for their life. And she's not just doing this in the United States. She's doing this all across the world. And so just if you want somebody to be a millionaire, if you want somebody to be truly successful, it's a person doing that kind of work, right? Somebody that if your kid is in trouble, she's going to be all pull all her resources. She's going to do everything she could possibly do to make sure this young lady becomes the young lady she's supposed to be. That's the person that you want to have resources in life, right? Well, this young lady, this company owner went to a conference and whoever's speaking at this conference asks a question. Are you happy with your life? And this woman, this business owner, this nonprofit owner says she's sitting in this conference and she's going over all the things that she's accomplished in her life. And she said, I can't be happy. I'm not happy. And of course, I'm listening to this thing, Mark, and my jaw smacks the floor. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, really? Like, how, how, how are how are you not happy? You know, you're making six figures, seven figures doing just some of the most astounding, some of the most incredible, most admirable work in the world. And you're not happy. And it made me realize that there are people out there that are serving their butts off, whether they're in the military, whether they're in a nonprofit, whether they're, they are law enforcement. There are people doing really good work in their life and they're still not walking in any joy and any happiness in their life. And so I just felt a deep compulsion to do what I could to help those people. And so I wrote an ebook called Full Service, How to Remain Happy and Healthy While Giving Your Life Away to Others. Now, it's it's still, you know, being edited right now. It's not out there to be like, you know, picked up by people. But I just felt like, man, I had to say something and I had to give some ideas, some practical tips away to allow people to get out of this place where they're doing great stuff, but they still haven't found that joy spot in their life because they're not truly content. Because some of us do have that thing that we have to try to attain to because we think that is going to make us happy. And we have to get a place of solace in our life and a place of contentment in life to understand, listen, who you are right now is enough to make sure that your life is fulfilling. And once you hit that, once you understand that, man, it it could be a goldmine for you. I love that where you are right now is enough. And all you have to do is look at the late Mother Teresa, okay? She could have had any life she wanted to, 
but she chose to serve in the slums and live in the slums of Calcutta serving these people, and she was happy. She had no money. She had no possessions, but she gave everything she had to serve that community. So it's not the things that are going to make you happy. I mean, we all remember Christmas Day. Oh, if Santa brings me X or Santa brings me Y, I'm going to be happy. Yeah, for what? Two days until the toy breaks, you get bored of it. It doesn't bring you happy. You have to be content with what you have and and realize that you are enough. And one of the things I I see a lot on social media, Lyle, is people, they say, well, you know, I I look at people like Gary Vaynerchuk or Grant Cardone or Mark Cuban or Damon John or Brendan Burchard. And like, you know, when I make that kind of level, I'll be happy. No, you won't. If you're not happy now, you're not going to be happy when you make that kind of level. First of all, if you're miserable, you're probably not going to be that kind of uh, level anyways, because those kind of people tend to resonate with being a servant leader. But the point is, it's not the things. It's all about a mindset. And I want to ask you, would you share with us one or two ideas? Because I like to make this episode really practical that are in your book that the people can take right now, take hold of, grab and run with to help them become more joyful in what they're doing. Oh, sure. Thanks for asking about that. So I have one chapter in the book and it's called happy to serve. And so in that chapter, I I actually give seven tips to be able to be happy with yourself. I'll, I'll give you two of my favorites. One is do what we love. And doing what you love is all about goal setting. When you set your goals, you realize your dreams. And after, and so when you realize your dreams, you've accomplished something. It's a sense of accomplishment in life. And what we have to do is make sure those goals are aligned with what we truly enjoy in life. So that's a part of knowing yourself, which has to do with some of the other steps there. But once you understand you, You have a good grasp on you. Once you're emotionally intelligent about yourself, you'll start setting the right goals. And those goals will lead you to a place where you are fulfilling your dreams and you'll have joy and happiness in pockets and moments. And you're able to live off of those other things. So uh, sometimes when we're focusing on other, unearthing the value in others, we bury our own. So we have to know our value. That's the second one. Mark, so many people out there really just don't understand their personal value. As a matter of fact, we live from a place where we depend on other people valuing us. And so we define ourselves based on what they say, whether it's a job review, whether it's a like on social media, whether we have a ton of followers on Insta, who liked my picture on Insta, (laughs) who cares how many people liked your video on YouTube? Are you valuable? Do you know that about yourself? You have to understand your value, harness your value, and then walk in a level of value for you before you can 
ever look at anyone else defining your value because what happens when you meet somebody that does not rise to your level of value, you realize that that's a person that does not have any ability to provide vernacular to your life as far as your definition. So many of us are unhappy with our lives because there's not enough people we feel validating us. But if you've already validated you, if you've already understood what your worth is, you don't need that. And that's some intrinsic things going on in the inside of yourself to say, I am valuable. I am worth it. I am a, I'm a person that can make a true difference in any situation I walk into because I've set goals for myself and I've put myself in a position so that I can be significant, not just successful, Mark, significant. We've all seen successful people. Matter of fact, we've all seen people who have tried to project success. One of the things that I love to tell people is that you can project success, but you cannot project significance. It's impossible because significance can't be faked. And so understand your value, know your value, set goals for yourself through being emotionally intelligent and understanding who you are. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. I do have a couple thoughts on goals and I'd like to know your feedback on it. First of all, everyone needs to have goals. And there's a book written back in the 1990s, I think, by Jim Collins called Built to Last. And he, he talks about big, hairy, audacious goals. He calls them BHAGs. And he says, everyone needs to have a big, hairy, audacious goal. Now, what is a big, hairy, audacious goal? It's something along the lines of summoning Mount Everest or you know, rowing your boat around the world. Something that is no way you could do it in this present day. Everyone needs to have a BHAG. The second thing is, Stop thinking that the only time you can create goals is January 1st. That's a New Year's resolution. I hate that. But what I tell people is, you know, this episode being released on February 11th, if you don't have a goal yet this year, start one today. Don't wait till next January. Start today. And here's the thing. The third thing I want to say is I I learned this from uh, Brendan Burchard, who I follow and I love the man. He's he's brilliant. Is So many people are out there trying to create smart goals. And he says, you need to come out with dumb goals. And what he means by dumb goals (laughs) is something that is really that people are going to look at you and go, that is so stupid. It's so, so huge. See, I think the problem is, Lyle, we're, we're dreaming too small. Our goals are too yep. small. We need to have stupid, ridiculously huge goals because that's going to uh, inspire us to work harder. If you've got a small goal, it's hard to get up in the morning and want to achieve that goal. But if you've got a dumb goal that's ridiculous, you're like, okay, now it's so far ahead of me, I'm going to have to work really hard every day to achieve that goal. And it may not happen for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, but it's out there. So what are your thoughts? what I just went over. Um, my pastor, Mark Battison, just an author extraordinaire, and he he talks about dreaming big. And if if your if your dream is accomplishable by you, then your dream is too small. Now, now that's for people of faith. But I mean, honestly, that can dovetail into just a practical conversation because if you have a dream that's too small, then you don't need anyone else to help you achieve that dream. Now, you can have personal success when it comes to that, but you will not do anything significant in your world. And that significance isn't about being popular, but it's about doing something that means something that's going to create legacy beyond yourself. 
What big dreams do is it makes you look for people that you can invite into your space, invite into your life, invite into your ideas, into your dreams so that your dreams can grow beyond you so that a legacy can be built from your life that you can hand down to your kids. You don't have to have a Kim Kardashian dream that touches, you know, we, I don't know. I don't want to say bad things about Kim Kardashian. I don't know her, but, um, but does it, but it is, it does not, it doesn't have to be lofty stuff that everybody on the news syndicates are going to talk about. All it needs to be is something that your kids will talk about when they get grown. Mm. All it has to be is somebody on, on your cul-de-sac can take down to the community center and share with some other people. All it has to be is the same types of things that they talk about at the water cooler that gets down into the mailroom that finds its way over to the CEO and they end up talking about it on stage in the next staff meeting. And they don't have to have your name attached to it. You just need to know that the dream that you have is touching other people's life. If you want to be fulfilled and if you want to be significant, I dare you to do some stuff that's going to be outside of your purview. As a matter of fact, I would even go so far as to say is to have a dream that will outlast and outlive you so that you cannot own that dream, that it's bigger than you. It's bigger than your name. It's bigger than the lights. It's bigger than somebody saying, oh, Lyle, thank you so much for doing that. No, that stuff is not going to last. The re- One of the biggest reasons, you know, it's, it's February that we're recording this podcast. So this is Black History Month. And a lot of times in Black History Month, we talk a lot about Dr. Martin Luther King. One of the reasons why that guy was great is because of one of his one of his statements. He said, everybody can be great because everybody can serve. Mm. Now, how does that have to do with Dr. King? Nothing. Everything that he said was about other people. Everything that he talked about was bigger than what he could do. And that's the reason why people love the guy, because everything he talked about wasn't about making himself better. It was about him dreaming a dream that was way bigger than he could possibly fathom that he could possibly that's why he had a million person march. It wasn't a million man march. It was a million person March, because when you see the videos, all the types of people that were out there in our nation's capital when they did the march was ridiculous. Okay. So it was way bigger than him. So if you're going to dream, ladies and gentlemen, it needs to be a dumb dream. It needs to be a dream that is so ridiculously out there that you can't achieve it on your own, that it's going to grow bigger than you and to create a legacy that is going to last past your own lifespan. One of the things I learned from Grant Cardone, I think it was in his book, The 10X Rule, he talks about writing your goals in the morning when you wake up and before you go to bed. And I started doing that. And he says, when you write your goals, you never look at what you wrote last time, whether it was this morning or yesterday. You write what's on your heart. And sometimes you write the same goal and sometimes you write different goals. And I found this very, very powerful to sit there and say, okay, what are my goals? And they do change. I think... We have to get our goals out of our heads and we've got them, not write them down once a year. I find it very powerful when you write your goals every single morning and every single night, they become more real. Do you write your goals down regularly? I I do. I don't write them out every single day, but I do rewrite my goals when I've accomplished them. So sometimes I'm writing, rewriting my goals several times a day. 
Sometimes I'm rewriting my goals every other week. But every time I finish something, I knock something off the list, I'm looking at my list, and I then I start to see if I can rehearse it and I can understand and see what's next. And a lot of times what happens to me is that there's a new goal, a new passion, a new step that I need to make in order to help me get to the next place I need to be, to that next level, that next plateau that I want to climb, that next hill that I want to get over. And so when I rewrite my goals, what it does is train my brain first on what my priorities are. And so I start looking at my life in the perspective of my goals. And so that way I'm not bunny trailing into a whole bunch of other things in my life, which it used to happen for me when I was in the military, which is one of the reasons why I wasn't as successful at a certain time when I didn't understand what success was, when I couldn't define it for myself. That's the reason why I was unsuccessful is because I was living by other people's goals. And so I couldn't write those down. But when I started to write my own down and I started to be able to regurgitate my own goals on a consistent basis by rewriting them every time I finish one, it's like I know what I've accomplished. Now, this is the stuff that I've learned. That's that's really the important part of rewriting your goals, because when you rewrite them, you realize what you learned through the process of achieving the previous goal. You realize what you've learned as you've gone through a certain event or uh, a certain um, moment in life. You realize what you've learned and what you've learned actually helps you create new goals because I'm, I'm a teacher at heart. I, I want to give kind of the information and the expertise that I have. That's why I have the company that I have. I wanted to give my expertise, what limited expertise it is, but that little piece that I have can help a little piece of the world. And so as I learn things and I grow in myself, I'm able to rewrite my goals so that way I can sparse out how I can help feed the world with whatever little knowledge and expertise I have. That's awesome. One uh, one final thought I will leave with the listener for this episode is, you know, I'm 54 years young and it's amazing the number of people- I love it. 54 years young. I love it. Uh, one of the things people ask me all the time is, when are you going to retire? And I said, don't use that vulgar word in front of me. I said, <laughs> I could never imagine retiring. I think you're the same way. We always had to be serving. We I could never imagine going to the country club. I mean, if this is your thing, Mazel tov, good for you. But I can't like just not retire, uh, just retire and like go to the country club, play golf, watch TV. That would drive me crazy. I I can tell you right now, maybe when I hit triple digits, I'll think about slowing down. I love what I do so much. I have so much I want to share with the world right now. I Retire? Are you crazy? Why would you want to retire from something you absolutely positively love to do unless physically you can't do it anymore? I mean, that's my thoughts. What are your thoughts on that? No, I actually love that. I can't imagine myself just sitting around twiddling my thumbs, spinning in a chair, doing nothing. My mom just retired from the Naval Academy at the age of 70. She retired in March of 2019. And interestingly enough, I retired from the United States Air Force in December of 2019. Oh, wow. And 
And so we retired in the same year and we're both just kind of looking like, okay, what's next? (laughs) You know, she's looking at me. I'm looking at her just like, hey, so what are you doing? Oh, I'm going to be doing this. I mean, uh, literally she was up. Yeah, I talk about the 5 a.m. club. She was up at three in the morning yesterday. I I know because I got up and I needed to go get a cup of water. And there she is. She's sitting up and she's reading. She's studying. She's ready to go. And I'm just like, you are on fire chica you know she so she's in that same space so i think it's part of even even my dna where i'm just i'm not just going to sit now vacations resting listen ladies and gentlemen all about that we should get a place of rest for us that's how our brains get rejuvenated that's how our bodies get restored rest yourself but don't rest on your laurels. Don't yeah. twiddle your thumbs. Well, you, you mentioned vacation, which is really interesting because my wife knows if you don't know an entrepreneur, you may be an entrepreneur as you're listening to this, uh, this episode with Lyle. But here's the thing. Entrepreneurs don't take full days off. I could be standing in the queue line at Walt Disney World and I'm getting ideas for podcast episodes, for videos. You know it. Shows, and, and that's people go, why can't you relax? I said, I can't. I can't just like not ever think about my business. I could have a great idea. And if I don't capture it, it's gone forever. So entrepreneurs tend to be on the weird side, but we're the ones that, as Steve Jobs says, we make a dent in the universe. Agreed, man. We're the ones always trying to constantly shift and change the world as entrepreneurs. We're coming up with new ideas, you know, real innovation. That's where the entrepreneurial spirit is all about. And of course, our world is all about innovation right now. There are things that people have not thought of yet, or at least they haven't put into action because they've only just stuck in someone's brains. And so yep. it takes an entrepreneurial person, an entrepreneurial spirit to kind of get that stuff out. So and you can look at anything, Mark. any big event in innovation, whether it's Uber or Lyft or Apple, these weren't set. They didn't sit down in the conference room with the whiteboard up there or the chalkboard back in the day and go, let's come up with an idea. They were thought in, in as life was going on, as days are going on, people go, an idea pops in someone's head and they go to someone else. Hey, what do you think about this? That's how the innovation happens. They don't go to a meeting. They don't have a conference call. The idea just pops in the head and they run with it. So that's how in the entrepreneur mind works. Too many people think, well, how'd you come up with these ideas? I'm like, they just happened to me and I just implement them. Well, did you have a con? No, I don't have to talk to anybody. And I think when, when we spend too much time thinking, dwelling, uh, pontificating, whatever the word you want to use, that means the goal and the dream is not being moved forward because now you're stopping and you're thinking. Don't think, do. Too many people are spending way too much time thinking and learning, which is great, but at some point you got to do. That's it. You got to get it done. And uh, uh, (laughs) that's the reason why some of the people that are close to me in life are in the place that they're in. And they're just kind of looking at me and they say, hey, you know, uh, kudos to you for what you're doing. And, you know, it's just, uh, man, yeah, you just got to get off your butt. I don't want to get into it, Mark. But I mean, you got to if you're going to if you're going to see something actually actionably happen in your life. You got, you got to get up and you got to do it. You got to go and get it done. You know, don't get into that. When this thing happens, then I'll do that. You know, mm. no. be the catalyst, be the person that's going to get the thing ball rolling, be the person that's going to get this engine cranking. That's what you have to do. We have to initiate, be an initiator. If that's what you're going to, if you're going to get anything from this podcast episode, listeners, be an initiator today, go do it now. 
And Lord knows we gave them plenty to think about, so there's That's no right. excuse. They can't say, well, I don't know what to do. Listen, everyone has on their heart. We all know what we need to do. Okay, no one needs to tell you. What the problem is you need to listen to that still small voice instead of like playing video games or watching TV. So great episode today, Lyle. Where can we find out more about you online? Oh, thanks for giving me the opportunity to do that. ImpactServantLeadership.com is where you can go to find out information about me. Uh, I've got LinkedIn profiles, you know, but I mean, Impact Servant Leadership is going to be the best place. Also, ServiceIsPower.org. You can listen to me run my mouth more there as well. (laughs) Well, it was an absolute thrill talking to someone else on the show who will, you know, I tell people when you're listening to my show, do do not listen and any other speed other than 1x because you won't hear me but you and i are both full of energy so folks if you tried to listen to this on 2x you have to go back and listen over again because you miss a lot we talk a lot real fast and we trip over our own words but that's okay because we're so passionate about what we're doing so thank you so much for being on the show today Lau. you are a rock star man thank you for being on the show and sharing so much with us today mark you're a beast man i just follow your lead man thanks so much And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website for two reasons. Well, maybe three reasons. Number one, sign up for the free seven-day productivity challenge. All you have to do is give me two minutes a day for a week, and you will learn strategies on how to be more productive. The second reason is... You can take me out for a test drive, a full-on, real-life, no-sales-pitch sales call for just $25. It's a 30-minute coaching session for $25. The link is at the top of my page at mrproductivity.com. And finally, if we're not connected on social media, at the bottom of my homepage are all the social media platforms I'm on. Connect with me there. Send me a DM. Tell me what you liked about the episode. Tell me what you liked about the podcast overall. Give me suggestions for other guests and other topics because you are the driver of this podcast. Everything you need to know about me and so much more is at my website, mrproductivity.com, Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe and then tell two or three of your friends about the show. That way I can serve more people. Until we meet again, my friend, which will be real soon, go be productive.